From New Orleans, Louisiana, it's Empirical's PowerTech Podcast. This is the place where we talk about bringing technology to the power industry. Our goal is to educate you on the most popular trends, bring you actionable strategies from industry thought leaders, and help you make sure your utility is prepared for the future. I'm your host, Matthew Sachs, president of Empirical, former utility engineer and power industry advocate. In this episode of the PowerTech Podcast, Cyberical and GridIntel software engineer Jack Mertens discusses the Transmission and Distribution Toolbox, a solution to automating the engineering design, verification, and validation process. One of the most popular widgets of this web-based suite of tools is the Poll Configuration Summary Module, or PCS, which generates PDF formatted reports for all polls in a PLS-CAD model. These reports can then be stamped and submitted for compliance. Other planned widgets in the TND toolbox include cross-arm loading calculator, a stringing chart summary generator, and much more. These tools offer the opportunity to become more efficient and increase the quality of designs while also enabling compliance. Jack further discusses the use case of the software, describes a few challenges to developing this automation tool, and provides some lessons learned during the development process. Jack Mertens has worked for Cybericle and its affiliate company, Grid Intel, as a software engineer since 2018. During this time, he has worked on several of Cybericle and Grid Intel's products, including the TND Toolbox and PowerView. He is an IEEE member, certified ethical hacker, and is preparing to begin a master's in computer science in the fall. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Now, when we talk about automating any kind of process, whatever it is in whatever industry, I think most of us view that in the context of automating particular tasks. Yet engineering designs, as you know, are intricate and multifaceted. So what do you see as the motivation for trying to automate something that is inherently complex? I would say the primary motivation is to decrease the amount of errors that that are present in in a design as well as to eliminate mindless repetitive tasks so anything that involves let me copy information from this spreadsheet any kind of clerical sort of work that 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 often can be error prone well i mean that's a ideal use case for for automation and from from a developer standpoint, just speaking for myself and just very practically, it, it's it's a fun challenge. It's it's cool to be able to work with some engineers and and figure out how how a process is supposed to work, and then just really really find a way to improve and and automate that. I guess what you're describing is it, it doesn't necessarily have to be thought of as automating the gigantic hole, but if there's many, many little processes along the way, each little bit of automation kind of adds up to, uh, you know, the sum being greater than the parts is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and some of it too is doing a lot of, of automation. So, so, and I know we're gonna get into the whole config summary a little bit more later, but some of it is making a lot of of informed decisions about what a what a default should be. So if you know that most of the time your required safety factor is a certain value, 
then you can go ahead and, and design for that, that base case, but then provide flexibility in your tool to modify those values. So you're not locking an engineer into the way that your system works, but you're able to streamline for the kind of the 80-20 the rule. You know, 80% of the time the designs are done this way. So so we we speed that up, but also provide the flexibility that if that's not what you want, it's easy to to change. I think you touched on another point too. We always think about automation in, in kind of an efficiency mindset and the time it's saving, but uh, I know from this and other software we've developed, uh, it can actually be a higher quality. You know, you're avoiding just uh, whether it's a simple cut and paste error, whether it's a fat fingering, but anytime, like you said, you have to enter similar information or repetitively, there's always the chance that some slight thing gets, gets in there incorrectly. And uh, by automating that, you, you tend to take a lot of those factors out of play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, the, with, with PCS in particular, we're, we're pulling data straight out of tables exported from PLS CAD. So, so there's very, uh, th there's still a chance that the data that a model could be you know, designed incorrectly in PLS CAD. But as far as you know, translating that data into some kind of spreadsheet or something, uh, yeah, it's it's elimination of, of human error. Uh, that data goes directly into our report. Now, one of the modules in the TND toolbox is Poll Config Summary or PCS. Let's say a utility already utilizes PLS CAD for all of its line designs. What advantages does PCS offer that aren't accomplished by using PLS CAD alone? So to answer that question, I think it probably merits a little bit of a just a historical discussion about what the original purpose of PCS was. It was created to automate reporting for for every single poll out in California that has to comply to GO95 weather, weather case restrictions. So all of these poll summaries have to include what's the usage, what's the percent usage on the poll, what's the percent usage on the cross arm and on the various other parts uh, of, of the poll. And so what what PCS does is it it automates that whole process and it produces a a report with this information. This isn't something that PLS CAD can do by default right now as far as the formatting, putting the utilities logo in the top left. There's a there's a pull summary generator, but it's just a little bit more customized information. It has some custom calculators for safety factors that are that are unique and it it's an extra extra layer of of automation than what you can get with pls cad out of the box and can you explain what we mean by automating the verification and validation process so what pcs does as far as as far as verification it, verification and validation are, are still somewhat of a, of a manual process. So you could think of PCS as almost a, a middleware layer. It, it takes 
It takes data from PLS CAD and it produces a report using automated parameters that, that we put together. And it presents that to the engineer so they can look at it and see, all right, this is what the this is what my cross arms safety factor is. This is what the percent usage and the moment at this point on the pole are. And all that information is is available to be verified. Our calculations are are static. They're they're based off of parameters as far as all right, if the weather case is this, then do this. And 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 so they're really the the verification and and validation has has taken place. And and it's something that that can be verified uh, after each run every time the the software is used. And we've probably all used different pieces of software, uh, especially the ones that are just database driven like this. And their reporting features can often produce some misleading information simply because the user didn't properly apply the underlying filters or other criteria to select the data uh, for the report. How would a designer gain confidence that this PCS module is correctly reporting the information? That's a that's a great question, Matthew. And I'll I'll preface this by saying that as our team and as as I mature as a software engineer, I definitely look back on on prior software projects and think, well, I might have done it a little bit differently. So so the the way that we solve this problem in PCS is we created a we created documentation that that lays out all right for this particular calculation in the report we go to this this XML tag in the XML um, PLS CAD exports this XML file and we parse through it to get the, the data that we need. That's just a little bit of background. And so the documentation will inform the engineer if the engineer wants to know, all right, where did this calculation come from? I don't know if I trust this. Then they can go consult the documentation and they can see, all right, this is how the calculation is done. Then they can go into their XML and they can they can do the calculation themselves to, to make make sure you know as far as the sanity check that, that it looks right and so all that information is presented there to where it's easy for them to verify now what i said at the beginning as far as as far as you know maturing as an engineer i think that that say like version 2.0 of pcs it would include a little more on the fly reporting as far as you know, this import is happening, this calculation, and, and provide a, a little more uh, verbose reporting on, on each of the, the processes, just so that so that if there is an issue, it's easier to, to spot. Because um, there's definitely there, there's definitely positives to the to just having the documentation. But one of the negatives is is it's not it's not all real time and it's not always visible to the engineer like well why did that happen 
I don't really know why that happened. So just right. just some things that I'm, you know, kind of mentioning as as I think about them. Sure. Now, can these modules remain effective as PLS CAD versions change? You mentioned it being middleware. Uh, so are there going to be periodic updates required to ensure that it will continue to work with whatever associated software package? Absolutely. And and that's something that with every release of PLS CAD, we have to continue verifying that that these models still still are accurate to to what PLS CAD is is outputting. So yeah, it's it's definitely a an iterative process. Now, fortunately for us to date, the the exports out of PLS CAD have have remained really unchanged, but that's always something that that could change. Uh, that we would have to rearchitect our solution a bit uh, to accommodate that. Well, Jack, I sure appreciate the information. Uh, I think we've all dealt with whether it's middleware or software applications, whatever it is, that tends to make other pieces of software uh, more usable to us. You know, maybe it's uh, it, you think about PDFs and how they work with word processors and spreadsheets uh, or other things we, we kind of take for granted. Uh, so it seems kind of crazy, but sometimes the best software is the one that makes our lives easier, makes our work more productive, more efficient and of a higher quality. And I think there's a lot of space for this middleware you're talking about. And I think this uh, poll configuration summary is a great example of the benefits that can be gained from that. Thanks again for coming on our show today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Matthew. We learned today that sometimes the best software helps us use other pieces of software. In our case, Poll Configuration Summary is a widget of the TND toolbox that automates the reporting features of PLS CAD designs, as well as verifying and validating the output. Besides saving time and increasing throughput, the module produces a higher quality report because it reduces the opportunity for human error. These should be the desired outcomes of any software or automation efforts in our industry, greater efficiency and higher quality. The challenge remains to consider other areas in our complex work that may present themselves as worthy candidates for automation. Well, that about wraps up this edition of the PowerTech Podcast. If you haven't yet, please log in to wherever you subscribe to the podcast and both rate this show and leave a comment as that really helps new subscribers in the power industry to find us. Also, for more free insights on bringing technology to the power industry, make sure to visit Empirical.com. We post free white papers, articles, and all of our previous podcasts there. Plus, you can register for a free 3D strategy planning session call with one of our 3D planning specialists. Again, you can do all of that and much more at Empirical.com. Please stay tuned and join us for the next episode of the PowerTech Podcast. And until next time, keep engineering powerful solutions.